their plans come to an end. But happy are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the one who made heaven and earth, the seas and everything in them. He's the one who keeps every promise forever, who gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts the burdens of those bent beneath their load of shame. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord will protect the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and widows. But he frustrates the plans of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. O Zion, your God is king in every generation. Praise the Lord. Saturdays, Rod and I like to go to garage sales. Now, we live in a motor home and have done for 19 years, so we can't get much. <laughs> it's kind of a safeguard. If we get something, we have to throw something else out. But our, our main purpose in being there is the people. So we were at this garage sale yesterday, and there was a, a young man who was doing the cash box. And he was, he was so polite. He was just a delightful young man. And this elderly gentleman came up, and he wanted, about my age, and wanted to um, buy a toy. It was a collector's item kind of thing. And he offered this, this boy a sum of money. And the boy said to him, oh, it's not worth that much. I, I said, are you homeschooled? <laughs> he said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I commended his mother, and she burst into tears. <laughs> and, and so I said, let me give you a gift, and this is what I gave her. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare of the Lord, he alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I am trusting him. For he will rescue you from every trap. He will protect you from the fatal plague. He will shield you with his wings. He will shelter you with his feathers. His word, his faithful promises are your armor and protection. You will not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor fear the dangers of the day, nor dread the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, this evil will not touch you. But you'll see it with your eyes. You'll see the reward of the wicked. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your dwelling. For he orders his angels to guard you in all your ways. They will hold you with their hands. Sometimes it's like this. To prevent you from striking your foot against a stone, you will trample down lions and poisonous snakes. 
you will crush fierce lions and serpents beneath your feet. The Lord says, I will deliver the one who loves me. I will protect those who trust in my name. They will call on me, and I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will satisfy them with long life and give them my salvation. Hallelujah. Oh, that was enthusiastic. <laughs> hey, Donnie, good to see you, man. Hi. Oh, that's much that's much better. <laughs> it's almost like you're glad we're here. Um, <laughs> I appreciate what Jenny shared. Um, Jenny's sister and brother-in-law spent many years. I don't know how many times they were. They, they spent many years in in, in Lima, Peru in um, Bogota, Colombia, in Equatorial Guinea as, as missionaries with Wycliffe Bible translators. They now live in, worked at the Canadian office for about six years, five or six years, and they now live in the, in the most frozen place in North America, Morden, Manitoba. But one time, one time years ago, um, Abe and I were sitting on the back step of, of uh, Jenny's folks' uh, house in the garage just talking. We're talking about what kind of, uh, you know, our confidence where we are. And, um, and you know, I don't know. Worry is not an allowed word in, is in, in the church, but concern um, has a special place for us, doesn't it? Yes. So I was expressing some concerns about things, and Abe simply said this. And th this guy was was a drug dealer in Vancouver, B.C. For a number of years, God saved him in a most miraculous way. And his life has been, ever since, for what, 38 years, 45 years, something like that. I told the last group, math is not my strong suit. <laughs> he said this, Rod, the safest place that we can be is in the center of where God wants us. As we were going through, just in enjoying the worship, a musical worship time here, um, I think God gave me a, a reminder for you. Um, has anybody been concerned with some of the things going on around um, Ukraine, Russia, China? You know, okay. Here is the truth. Regardless of the crisis today, you are the ones who God has called to deal with this. Okay? Every crisis time in the history of the world, there has been a people called at that time by God to be the confidence builder in that crisis and to be the evangelism tool and leaders in that crisis. Um, so, in a, a unique way that we don't often consider, you are a called 
people. I mean, there's scripture after scripture that talks about that. You know. I love the way the New Living, uh, New Living Translation puts James chapter uh, 1, verse 2. It says, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. Just think how different things would be if we could get that one down. You know? Oh, look, look at that trouble. <laughs> what an opportunity for joy. <laughs> Even if it's a matter of, my, I wonder where the joy is coming from on this one. <laughs> kind of, you know, I can't wait to see how God fixes this. <laughs> so, so, so walk as called people in your little world. He's not asking you to do the whole world. He's asking you to, to be his representative effectively in your little world. Our world kind of can, can you know, cross paths a little bit, but we have this unique, there was a song years ago in the, in the uh, oh my goodness, how long has that been? It was called My Little World. I think Ralph Carmichael wrote it in the late 60s. Half of you weren't born then. Uh, you know, my little world. I've got a little world. You've got a little world. And we've got responsibility within that world. So, okay. Um, anybody bring your Bible? Okay, we're going to ask you to leave it closed. <laughs> Ching! <laughs> okay. We've memorized out of the New Living uh, Translation, first edition. And if you try to follow along in another in, in another translation, you will spend the majority of the next 30 minutes or 25 minutes comparing what you're reading and what you're hearing. It's not your job today. Um, there is one advantage of just quoting scripture. I had a pastor once say, this might be the safest ministry, itinerant ministry around because I don't have to fix anything when you're gone <laughs> because it's just the word of God. We've been in 50 denominations now. We found that in Almost regardless of the denomination, people love the Word of God. And God moves in those places, even in the ones we've kind of called God's chosen frozen. You know? By the way, some of those churches have been Pentecostal churches. Yep. And some of the really lively ones have been things like evangelical free. They found the free part, you know? and uh, Baptist churches and to just love the word. Okay, what we're going to do for the, uh, this morning, by the, that, was, that was Psalm 103 and then, oh, 146. And then 91, okay. Wasn't that, wasn't that great? That was just, this is where we live. I'd like to, have you listen to and, and just kind of let your hearts really pay attention, keep your antennas up and 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 anticipate that God is going to talk to you about something from Revelation 1 through 5. Okay? Oh, and take notes. <laughs> Does this conveniently have... Oh, look at that. Your bulletin has a convenient place to write notes on the back. Does that mean we have to have the ushers pass out pens now? Or <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
um, when God pokes you with something, just write a little note. Not a, not a thesis, but just a little note. And then when, when we're finished, we'll ask you what you heard, okay? And then you can share uh, with uh, the rest of us what you heard. And it's very, it's, it's really a fun part of doing this because we hear things sometimes that aren't in there, but God said, hey, listen to this. And uh, it's funny, sometimes he talks in other parts of the Bible about what's going on right now, okay? Well, this uh, is a revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him concerning the events that are soon to happen. Now, an angel was sent to God's servant John so that John could share the revelation with God's other servants. And John faithfully recorded the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, everything he saw. Now, God blesses those who read this prophecy to the church, and he blesses those who listen and obey what they hear. For the time is near when these things will take place. Now this letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. From the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. From the sevenfold spirit before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead, and the commander of all the rulers of the world, all praise to him who loved us and freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us his kingdom and his priests who serve before God, his Father. Give to him everlasting praise. You've done a really good job that this morning, by the way. He rules forever and ever. Look, he comes on the clouds of heaven, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And every nation on earth will weep because of him. Yes, amen. Now, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. Now, I'm John, your brother. Um, in Jesus, we are partners in suffering, in the kingdom, and in patient endurance. And I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and speaking about Jesus. Now, it was the Lord's Day, and I was worshiping in the Spirit, and suddenly I heard a voice behind me that sounded like a trumpet blast. It was saying, write down what you see and send it to the seven churches, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Well, when I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands, and standing in the, the middle of the lampstands was one like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe and a gold sash across his chest. His eyes were bright like flames of fire. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his voice, 
thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was as bright as the sun in all of its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he put his right hand on me and says, do not be afraid. <laughs> I am the one who is the first and the last, who died and is alive. Look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Now write down what you see, both what is happening now and what will happen later. This is the meaning of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands. The seven stars are the, the angels of the seven churches and the lampstands are the seven churches. So write this letter to the angel of the church at Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you do not tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You've discovered they are liars. And you have suffered patiently for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen from your first love. Now, turn back to me again and work as you did at first. If you do not, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But, but there is this about you that is good. You hate the deeds of the immoral diet just as I did. Anyone who's willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Everyone who is victorious will eat from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Smyrna. This is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who died and is alive. I, I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the slander of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they really are not, for theirs is a synagogue of Satan. Do, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you in prison and put you to the test. You will be persecuted for ten days. Remain faithful even when facing death, that I will give you the crown of life. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. 
whoever is victorious will not be hurt by the second death. Write this letter to the angel of the church at Pergamum. This is the message from the one who has a sharp two-edged sword. I know you live in that city where that great throne of Satan is located, and yet you have remained loyal to me, and you refused to deny me even when Antipas, my faithful witness, was martyred among you by Satan's followers, but I have a few complaints against you. You tolerate some among you who are like, like Balaam, who taught Balak how to trip up the people of Israel. He taught them to worship idols by eating food offered to idols and by committing sexual sin. In the same way, you have some Nicolaitans there among you, people who follow the same teaching and commit the same sins. Repent, or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Now, everyone who is victorious will eat of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven. And I will give to each one a white stone, and on that stone will be engraved a new name known only to the one who receives that stone. Write this letter to the angel of the church at Thyatira. This is the message from the Son of God, whose eyes are bright like flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze. I know all the things you do. I've seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance, and I can see your, your constant improvement in all these things, but I have this complaint against you. You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to turn my servants away. She is encouraging them to worship idols by eating food offered to idols and by committing sexual sin. I gave her time to re repent from her immorality, but she would not. Therefore, I will throw her on a sickbed, and she will suffer greatly with all those who commit adultery with her unless they turn away from all their evil deeds. I will strike her children dead. Then the churches will know that I am the one who searches out the thoughts and intentions of every person, and I will give to each one of you whatever you deserve. But I also have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira who have not followed this false teaching. Deeper truths, they call them. Depths of Satan, really. I will ask nothing more than that you hold on to what you have until I come. To all who are victorious, I will give authority over all the nations, and they will rule the nations with an iron rod, and they will smash them like clay pots. They will have the same authority I received from my Father, and I will give them the morning star. 
anyone who's willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Now write this letter to the angel of the church at Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold Spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. Now, wake up. Strengthen what still remains, for even what is left is at the point of death. Your deeds are far from right in the sight of God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly and turn to me again. Unless you do, I will come upon you suddenly, as unexpected as a thief. And yet even in Sardis, there are those who have not soiled their garments with evil deeds. They will walk with me in white. All who are victorious will be robed in white. Because they are worthy. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce to my father and his angels that they are mine. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Now write this letter to the angel of the church at Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true. He is the one who holds the key of David. He opens doors, no one can shut them. He shuts doors, no one can open them. I know all the things you do, and that I've opened for you a door that no one can shut. Well, you have little strength, and yet you have obeyed my word and refused to deny me. Look, I will, I will force those who belong to Satan, those, those liars who say they are Jews, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from this great time of testing that's coming on the whole world to test those who belong to this world. Look, I'm coming quickly. Hold on to what you have so that no one can take your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. <laughs> and I will write my God's name on them, and they will be citizens in the city of God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And they will have my new name inscribed on them. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Write this letter to the church, the angel rather, of the church at Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the amen, the faithful and true witness, the source of God's creation. 
I know all the things you do. And that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. And also buy white garments for yourselves so that you will not be shamed by your nakedness. And buy ointment for your eyes so that you'll be able to see. I am the one who corrects and disciplines everyone I love. Turn from your indifference and be diligent. Look, here I stand, knocking. <laughs> if, you see me, if you hear me rather calling and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal as friends. I will invite everyone who is victorious to sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone who's willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Well, then, as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I heard before spoke to me again with a sound like a trumpet, saying, Come up here, and I will show you what must happen after these things. And instantly I was in the Spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven, and one sitting on the throne. And the one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones, jasper, carnelian. The glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. He was surrounded by 24 thrones on which sat 24 elders, each robed in white, wearing a gold crown. And from the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. Before the throne were seven Gold lampstands with burning flames. These are the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a, a glassy sea, sparkling like crystal. At the center and around the throne were, were four living beings, each covered with eyes, front and back. The first of these living beings had the form of a lion, the second looked like an ox. The third had a human face. And the fourth had the form of a, an eagle with wings outstretched as though in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings, and each of the wings was covered with eyes inside and out. And day after day, night after night, they keep on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He is the one who is, who always was, and who is yet to come. Whenever the, the four living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one who lives forever and ever. And they, they lay their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created everything. 
and it is for your pleasure that they exist and were created. Then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. There was writing in both the inside and the outside of the scroll, and it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it? But no one could be found in heaven or on earth or under the earth. Who was worthy to open the scroll and read it? And I wept because no one was found who was worthy. Then one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has conquered. He is worthy to open this scroll and break its seven seals. And I looked and I saw, I saw a lamb that had been slain, but was now standing between the throne and the living beings and the 24 elders. It had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the sevenfold spirit of God, which is sent forth into every part of the earth. And the lamb stepped forward and took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And as he took the scroll, the four living beings and the four elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and a gold bowl of incense, <laughs> the prayers of God's people. And they sang a song with these words, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to take the scroll, break its seals, and open it. For you were slain, and your blood has ransomed for God people from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And you have caused them to become God's kingdom and his priests, and they will reign on the earth. Then I, as I looked, I heard the singing of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and the living beings and the elders and they all sang with this mighty chorus, worthy is the lamb, the lamb who was slain, he is worthy to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and in the sea, they also, his eyebrows went up, they also sang blessing and honor and glory and power. Belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and forever. And the four living beings said, Amen! And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped God. And the Lamb. Why don't we do a little bit of that right now? Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. And because of you, we stand worthy who are in Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for orchestrating such an amazing salvation for those who believe. Hallelujah. <laughs>
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this. As Jenny often prays, this amazing salvation. Thank you for your power that cannot be contained, as we say. <laughs> Thank you that you view all of your creation, every person that you have birthed from your amazing creative ability. You've created them to stand before you and, and ultimately, yes, give an account of, of life, but also to stand and receive your invitation to new life, to real life, true life. Let me ask you a question, just while your heads are bowed, but um, if you're here and you have never before taken the intentional step of inviting Christ to become the, the Lord, your Savior and Lord, which you, you, if you're doing, you, you may be doing a lousy job with your life. God has made a way to provide you with cleansing and, and thorough, not just rebuilding a, you know, something busted. He's not here to glue you back together. He's here to make you new. To make you new. A new creation in him. And rescue you from the kingdom of darkness and welcome you and adopt you into this kingdom of light, his family. And if, if you're here today and you've never done that before, would you raise your hand? If, if this is your day to get right with God, we want to just, we give the, we ask this everywhere we go. So we're not going to rush this thing. We're not going to rush and nor are we going to wait until 2 o'clock. So uh, if God's been ringing your chime today, why don't we get this done? Okay, as in, as in the first service, let me give you just a, a really brief lesson. Um, it's not like you're lacking something, but, but just let me share this with you. When someone comes to Christ in your service, make it a party. Make it a party. Um, because heaven's doing a party right then. And you might as well get in on, on the fun, if you will. It should be a time of celebration. It's not somber and we're all being silent out of respect for something. That's, that's how I was raised. It took a lot of years to finally figure out that this is a point of rejoicing for the rest of us. Make them feel like they're welcome. <laughs> you know, yahoo! <laughs> Another one comes home. I, I like wahoo better, you know, but... Yeah, wahoo! <clears throat> See? So make it let it let let joy arise in your heart. It says the angels rejoice in heaven over each person who comes to Christ. Boy, what a party they must have had at a Billy Graham kind you know, service. <laughs> Went on for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what did you hear in Revelation or in Psalm 146 and 90 or 91? That was met with a tremendous burst of silence. Yeah. 
It says it actually twice, too, doesn't it? Hold, hold firmly. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly and turn to me again. And then he says, unless you do, I'll come upon you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. That's, I don't think that's a threat. I think that's a reality. Because if you don't and you keep living to yourself your whole life, when Christ comes, it's going to be a surprise. So, well put. Yeah. Listen. We heard that often enough, didn't we? Yeah. Are you willing to hear? <laughs> Listen to what the Spirit... See, when, when God makes statements like that, He's basically saying, you can listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying. He's not just throwing that out as a little deal at the end of each of those church deals. Yeah, Jen. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's it, yeah. Yep. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but most of us say, you go first. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And remember, what are you? You are a called people. You're called to impact Jackson, Sutter Creek, Ione, wherever you live around here. Can't get away from it. And he's given gifts to each one of you. Every single one of you has gifts that God has given you. And then he says, manage them well. <laughs> Why? So God's generosity, the generous heart of God, can flow through you. We've been challenged so much in that way, and I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but there's an issue of generosity that many people have not gained yet. And that is, you know, we, we love to say we can't outgive God. Well, we've got a, some friends who are just trying their best. And they've stretched us. And the last 15 months have been quite different than the previous 71 years. Or previous 70, 69 years. Math is not my strong suit. 
I was born in 50. You take it from there. <laughs> Let's not miss the adventure that God has for us. When Jerry Knutson was at our church, Jerry and Marie, and did the book of First Peter and challenged us to start memorizing. We really didn't have any idea. I started. I said, okay, I'm going to. I was standing at the back of the church when he did that. Everybody else is. And I'm standing back there thinking, what a great idea for all you guys to do. <laughs> it's really, that's what I'm thinking. Jerry noticed that I didn't put my hand in the air. And on the way home for lunch, he says, what are you going to do? And th there was not enough room. He was sitting right there in our Jeep. What are you going to do? Everybody else got uh, an eight-verse deal, you know, eight consecutive verses. So I was going to go for the eight-verse deal. And I said, well, I've always loved Philippians. And Jerry said, okay, I'll hold you to it. Philippians? Well, that was either rude or God. He jumped right in the middle of my sentence. But that's what started this whole thing. And we discovered, both Jenny and I, what an amazing thing it is to have the Word of God here. No one can take it away. Why should you memorize scripture? God said so. <laughs> yeah. In here, God says at least 150 times. 150 times. Yeah, that's right side up. Get the words off these pages and get them on these pages. If you've never done it before, we're here to tell you you can. If you, do, if you don't think you can memorize, we're here to tell you you can. Why? Because we didn't think we could either. There are people all over the world proving that it's doable. Like the people in China who will get a Bible and they'll start ripping pages out, saying, you have this one, you have this one, you have this one. And they memorize and memor as fast as they can and then they'll switch them. And if they're under persecution, they'll, they'll scribble down the, the verses they know on a piece of paper, crumple it up like a piece of waste, and hand it to somebody so that they can memorize it. they got a very high priority for the Bible in their lives and the Word of God. So what happens when you start memorizing Scripture? Well, you start hearing God talk to you in ways maybe you've never heard Him before. I was a pastor for nine years, and I knew about five verses in Scripture. I think three of which I memorized when I was a kid. That's kind of embarrassing to look back on, really, truly. And so we started memorizing Philippians. I got to the end of the first chapter, and I'm starting to hear God talk to me about stuff. And by the end of the second chapter, was the second chapter, I was sitting in my office. Two things happened end of the first chapter, sitting in my office, and I said, nobody else was around, so there, nobody can prove this, but I said, I can do this! Got to the end of the second chapter, and there had been something that had been troubling me that was a, 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 it was really bugging me because things were in my mind that shouldn't be there, and I wasn't doing anything to cause it. By the time I got to the end of the second chapter of Philippians, I realized I'd never been I had not been struggling with my thought life for three or four weeks. What does that sound like? We love this word deliverance. That's it. 
and if, I know it's unlikely to happen up here, but what if a flood like Katrina hit here? Work with me on this one, would you? Um, let's say you're in, in uh, Baton Rouge and, and um, what's the town, what's the city of the Baton Rouge and New Orleans or Nolens as they say, Nolens. And everything you owned was other, under 12 feet of water. You had no scripture. There wasn't a scripture to be had for miles and miles and miles. How much of God's word would you have? Only what you've put in here through your peepers. And what about those people in, in China and, and over in, in the Middle East who, who memorize it as fast as they can? And then they have people walking all over there that have the word of God within them. I love the last verse in, and uh, it's almost it's, it's last almost the last sentence in Philippians. It says, "And all of the other brothers and sisters here also send you their greetings, especially those who work in Caesar's palace, the palace, the residence of the of the most powerful person in the world was being infected with a benevolent infection, not called COVID. Yeah, it was being infected by." the Spirit of God working in the hearts of those people who worked in the palace. How are you doing? You good? Brother, I forget. Matt? Matt? What is your vocation? What do you do for a living? He's a welder. No, you're not. You're, a, you're an agent of the Most High God cleverly disguised as a welder. And that goes for all of you. Are you a housewife? No. You're an agent of the Most High God, cleverly disguised as a housewife. Hmm? See? We're in this fight together. Yeah. You've seen me suffer for him in the past, and you know I'm still in the midst of this great struggle. So, when struggles come, you can rejoice. And Romans chapter 5 says, Therefore... Since by faith we have been made right with God because uh, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of highest privilege. Does that sound nice? The highest privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing his glory. Hallelujah. Turn the worship band on again. And then it says, you, you can rejoice, we can also rejoice when we face troubles and trials. Because we know they're good for us. <laughs> they, they teach us how to endure. And endurance build, builds in us strength of character. And character strengthens our confident expectation of salvation. And this, this expectation will not disappoint us because we know how dearly God loves us. For he has given us his Holy Spirit to fill our puny little pea-picking hearts with his great love. That, some of that wasn't in the scripture, by the way. <laughs> well, it was in the Arkansas translation. <laughs> We've come to, to uh, challenge you. There's really nothing, there, there's not a thing special about Jenny and me. We just submitted to a discipline. 
And uh, if you're in the right place at the right time, you'll find out that every once in a while, this old ticker just, just gives up on me. But here's the wonderful thing. I'll open the scripture again and say, oh, how could I forget that? And go on, and it doesn't make a difference. Because it's not my word. God can take his words and do marvelous things with it. So, anybody else have just a, a, a quick thought before? I'm going to turn gear here and, and take about two more of your minutes, and then, um, and then I'm going to, I, I might let Steve come back. I don't know. Yes. We are not just his kids. We are his kingdom. We are. He has made us God's kingdom and his priests, and we're going to reign on the earth. I don't know when that's going to be. Do you? But I want to be around for it. Mm -hmm. So, anybody else? Okay. Here's our challenge. Go find a chapter of scripture. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to go, oh, what? <laughs> I woke up just in time to hear, what? <laughs> a chapter of scripture. There are short ones and long ones. Go find one in the middle. Go find a chapter of scripture. And do your best in the next three months to make it yours. You can do it. No question. You can do it. My mother started memorizing when she was 84. And she had just told me she couldn't. Five months later, she said, oh, by the way, Rod, we were talking on the phone. I've got the first eight verses of Ephesians chapter 1 in King James. She memorized the first chapter of Ephesians at the age of 80, between 84 and 85. And then she m memorized several other psalms. She's with the Lord now. You can do this. You can do this. So do it this way. Find your chapter. Read it once a day out loud. Out loud for the next 30 days. How many? Once a day. 30 days. You're not talking to me here. Once a day for 30 days. Why out loud once a day for 30 days? Let your ear hear your mouth speaking the word of God, first of all. I'll throw in one here. If you read it silently, you never add any inflection. You don't let God just make that thing start coming alive. And, and, the, and the, the other reason is that the process of doing it every day for 30 days begins to move that from short-term memory to long-term memory. You get to the end of 30 days, you're going to know that chapter. You're going to know it. Then the next two months is just putting the pieces together. <laughs> See? And we memorized, Jenny and I memorized the book of Galatians in three weeks. Now, we'd never done that before, but we tried this this time. It works. Now, I didn't memorize the whole thing. I memorized one through four. Jenny did five and six, but we read it to each other out loud every day for a month. Three weeks after we started, we were in uh, British Columbia in my hometown, in a little church with an old folks Bible study and my buddy Ted Bonk said, he's the pastor, he usually says, well, what do you want to share? And then we pick something and share. He said, this time, what are you working on? 
Well, we're working on Galatians. Only been at it three weeks. Well, want to take a shot at it? There's a pastor's statement, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, you'd never preached before? Well, come take a shot at it. You know, <laughs> but take a shot at it. We did, and with I, I got caught in one spot. Jenny got caught in one spot. But other than that, we had it memorized in three weeks. It's power. It's a powerful tool. So, how many want to join the adventure? The adventure, not the task, not the drudgery, not the um. It is an adventure to discover what God has put in his word for you. One, I don't want to surprise anybody. One, two, three. Oh, heck. my work here is done. <laughs> God bless you. Come, Steve. Thank you. Jenny, thank you. Okay. So if you have been blessed by their ministry, there's a plate in the back at a table. It's gold. Well, it's not really gold, so don't steal it. It looks like it's gold. <laughs> That's where you're going to deposit the offering. There's some DVDs on the back of them doing multiple different passages of Scripture. Um, there's a, a, a flyer back there if you want to sign up on their email list. They won't ask for money. Um, and there's some other information on that back table. Um, please stop by there and share. If the Lord's done something or spoke something to you or encouraged you in any way, I'm sure they would love to hear that. And please um, make them feel welcome and bless them um, if they've ministered to you with an offering. Um, I will challenge you one little step forward. Um, I didn't plan on this, but this happened in the first service, and I've seen some hands go up. So if you put your hand up, hear me. You said, I will. You said, I will. Okay, so when they come back, I'm not just talking to you like, I, I will. I will take a chapter. And I'm not going to go through Psalms and find the, the two-verse one. <laughs> But take a chapter, maybe a chapter that means something to you. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So Psalm 40, for me, there's a life verse there. Um, I was thinking of maybe Ephesians. There's a pretty awesome passage in there I've been studying. But who knows? Uh, but take a chapter. If you put your hand up, then you said, I will. Amen. So then, then that means for 30 days, you're going to read that passage. And then you're going to connect the dots. For me... I will tell you, the Lord healed my mind. And some of you are like, yeah, maybe partially. Um, <laughs> but, but literally, uh, when I went to Teen Challenge, um, I had done enough drugs that, that I remember telling my mom, she'd probably, she, she'll not forget it. I told her that I'm, I was broke. I messed it up. It didn't, you know when something's broke, like it doesn't work like it used to. Um, it didn't work like it used to. And I would, once I got, then I got saved and I was trying to memorize scripture, just trying to read the Bible, really, and I couldn't comprehend it. I'd have to keep reading it and rereading it and rereading it. And then I got to where I wanted to memorize some of the verses. And, and the Lord was so wise, right? He created our brain, so he knows what we need to do. And, and I felt the Lord just tell me, I, I, I want you to write it down. And as you write it down, say it out loud until you memorize it. And I was seeing it, reading it, writing it, and hearing it. I was using all the senses that God gave me to reprogram this brain that was broken, and his word healed me. 
so I went from someone who couldn't read and retain what I was reading to years later, I'd go into jail and do ministry, and they'd say, man, when you preach or when you share the word, like, I just understand it. And I would laugh because I'm like, that's God, because I didn't even understand it when I first started reading it. So that's a pretty cool tool that they're sharing that they were able to learn as they started down this journey that's going to save you. And church, I just said last week, remember that the phones, I don't have a problem with phones, the Bible apps and all that, but in China, they've already shut down all the, the media and Bible apps and using um, Facebook or Instagram, any of the media tools that have anything to do with Christianity, they can poof, flip it off. That can happen here very easily. So you better get that word out and you better get it hit in your heart. Amen? Amen. Let me pray over you. Lord, thank you for your word. It is so awesome. And thank you for Rod and Jenny, Lord, who have so wonderfully um, challenged us, deposited your word in us. Lord, we got to hear it in a new way. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for talking to us through it and encourage us. I feel way more encouraged now than I did when I came. And Lord, I just pray blessing over them. Lord, I pray that you, as, as the word says, you will open doors that no man can open. Lord, I pray that you do that for them. Lord, new areas and territory, Lord, that, that they've maybe had desire to go and minister and just haven't been able. Lord, I pray that you open doors for them. Lord, close doors. Lord, where you don't want them to go. Do that for us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that, that we would be motivated to hide your word in our heart so that we wouldn't sin against you. Amen. Amen. You were dismissed. We'll see you next Sunday.